This is the Short-Term Parking Podcast, and I'm Jack Prebeck. Right off the bat, I feel compelled to make note of the fact that I'm recording this on June 1st, 2020, after a week of protests over the murder of George Floyd, citizen George Floyd, by Minneapolis police officers. And I'm going to start the podcast today with a quote from Leo Tolstoy, this great writer, Leo Tolstoy, that I find relevant. The anarchists are right in everything, in the negation of the existing order and in the assertion that without authority, there could not be worse violence than that of authority under existing conditions. They are mistaken only in thinking that anarchy can be instituted by a revolution. Anarchy will be instituted, but it will be instituted only by there being more and more people who do not require protection from governmental power and by there being more and more people who will be ashamed of applying this power. Tolstoy to me was a fascinating character, a very successful writer, who later in life became a convert to Christianity, and his conversion was based on his interpretation of the Sermon on the Mount and his belief in the non-aggression principle. He, of course, is known mostly for his fictional works, great novels, but later on in his life, he wrote a great deal of non-fiction a lot of it published in pamphlets that is highly interesting stuff. One of the reasons I find this quote to be particularly relevant is that all of the sudden I'm hearing and seeing the word anarchy being bandied about in reference to riots. In essence, we are descending into anarchy chaos or the president is promoting anarchy chaos and the people saying this type of thing uh, they may be unwittingly misusing the word they may be useful idiots but anarchy by definition does not mean chaos. It means without rulers. Now that doesn't mean without rules. It means without rulers. And in fact, the philosophy of anarchy is almost the exact opposite of what people are describing or threatening as the possible outcome of these protests. 
And in reality, if it were a possible outcome, it would be the best case scenario. Anarchy is a stateless society. The definition of the state is an entity that has a legal monopoly on violence in a given geographical area. The state is not we the people. The state is the people that who indeed have a monopoly on legal violence, the ones that can commit acts of violence and not be punished. And as Professor James C. Scott and many others have pointed out, anarchy is the default condition. The state did not come into existence until possibly 8,000 years ago. So before that, humans functioned without the state. And as Tolstoy pointed out, without authority, there could not be worse violence than that of authority under existing conditions. The problem is authoritarianism. The problem is the police state. And by definition, every state is a police state. They are an entity that has a legal monopoly on violence. Anarchy is the end of the state. It is a solution. It is not a condition we are descending into. Anarchy will be instituted, but it will be instituted only by there being more and more people who do not require protection from governmental power. It's intriguing, interesting that the crime that George Floyd committed, allegedly, was he was spending counterfeit money or attempting to spend counterfeit money, money that somebody printed. So, in theory, this police officer, or more correctly, police officers, we're trying to protect you from an individual spending money that was counterfeit, that was printed by somebody who is not the state, the government, and the privately owned institution that is the Federal Reserve are the only ones who can legally print money and they can do it at any time. But these police officers were not protecting you from them. They are not engaged in protecting you from the real counterfeiters. The logic is that the state was protecting us here from an individual who was trying to spend or was spending some small amount of counterfeit money. We don't need that kind of governmental protection. While counterfeiting on a grand scale is going on at the same time. Anarchy will be instituted, but it will be instituted only by there being more and more people who do not require protection from governmental power. And 
by there being more and more people who will be ashamed of applying this power. So the solution is twofold. The citizens, we the people, have to understand, come to the realization that we do not require protection from the power that is the state and also those that are currently carrying out that authority, that authoritarianism, must come to the realization that they indeed must be ashamed of applying that authority. And the solution is not a political one. You are not given the choice to vote in other politicians that will not have, will not use this monopoly on violence. You're given the choice between individuals who will carry on the same agenda on the bigger issues, the important issues. Meet the new boss, the same as the old boss, that sort of thing. And I feel compelled also to point out that the core issue here is not race or racism. For racism is a problem that cannot be solved via the state. For racism is based on thought and thought cannot be legislated out of existence. Thought cannot be regulated. Free speech can be regulated, possibly, maybe. But if that were the reality, then the people that were thinking those offending thoughts would just choose to not be vocal about them and thus less easy to find and confront for that matter. And of course, I'm not saying that racism does not exist and I am not saying that there is not disproportionate acts of violence carried out on people of color by those in authority. Clearly that's happening. I am saying that these authoritarians should not have that monopoly on the legal use of violence. You can't stop all racists from becoming hired as cops. You don't know their inner thoughts. Racism is a problem that can't be solved, and that's one of the reasons it is promoted by the propagandists in the corporate press. Racism cannot be solved, but authoritarianism, the police state, the state, these are problems that can be solved. And there are many that feel that the solutions don't come from some type of organized movement, some mass movement, that instead what is required is just a tipping point. Enough people coming to the realization that they do not want to continue with the status quo. Samuel Edward Konkin III came up with uh, the term agorism. 
And he said, the method of agorist revolution is radical in the sense that it aims to fight the system from without, rather than employing the liberal means of fighting or merely reforming the system from within. And this recent wave of uh, protest may be, may indeed be an example of uh, the beginnings of fighting this authority, not from within the system, but from without. Carl Hess said, radical and revolutionary movements seek not to revise, but to revoke the target of revocation should be obvious. The target is politics itself. Konkin and Hess both believed in the power of the free market, the true free market, and the ability for individuals to act and voluntarily enter into contracts with other individuals to work outside of the state and thus render its monopolies impotent that the solutions to the state monopoly on violence would come through economic revolution. And in Konkin's case, that this uh, economic revolution would happen organically as more and more people just ignored the interference of the state in market matters and choose to use instead gray market and black market options and when enough people did this and ignored the state that the state would just dwindle into obscurity. It's all very interesting stuff and especially so considering current events and along those lines it's pretty interesting also to note that the uh, coronavirus pandemic has uh, noticeably taken a back seat as far as corporate news coverage and really what everybody is talking about on social media and I would assume elsewhere just switched on a dime there, didn't it? It's as if the uh, chapter just ended. Clearly, there's a new narrative in place. The world is a heavy scene, and it is upon you as an individual to look beyond the corporate narrative, the conditioning, look a little further, dig a little deeper, check out a few of these alternative thinkers like uh, Leo Tolstoy. Professor James C. Scott, Samuel Edward Conkin III, Carl Hess, Emma Goldman. These are all anarchists involved in uh, the philosophy of anarchy. And there are many, many others. But those are uh, a few that uh, are accessible, easily easily found people that promoted thought outside of the normal confines of what 
we have been conditioned to take in to consume. You might take it upon yourself to seek these folks out, and I would say if you do so, don't let terms like anarchists, libertarian, agorist, don't let those words, don't let those terms get in the way of the actual thoughts because these are the words and terms that get bastardized and stuck with the negative connotations by the machine that has been doing the conditioning. And that concludes what was on my mind this morning for podcast number eight now of short-term parking, episode number eight, short-term parking. And with that, I'm going to As I do leave you with some music, this is a little thing I recorded yesterday. It includes uh, sampled percussion and electric piano noises combined with a bass guitar part I played and uh, a little bit of chordal guitar, rhythm guitar, and on top of that an improvised melodic lead guitar effort and it includes also a lot of the mysterious and elusive Lydian mode the Lydian mode that is often used in films to portray sonically something or someone that is heroic and the Lydian mode that Some people even go so far as to say connotates the sound of freedom. But for me, the Lydian mode is just a group of notes that one can choose to employ to fill up a void with sound. And it's just good, clean fun. So once again, I'm Jack Prebeck. And thank you for tuning in.
Thank you.